And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. I'm Son Edom, and, and welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast, broadcasting live Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Pacific time on RadioWarp.com, and also uh, Facebook Live, if you can find me on Facebook, wink, wink. Tonight... Uh, go over a few things. Got some some fun stuff coming off of our Oscar Awards show, Footprint Awards from last time. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about the reopening of Disneyland. Got some pretty cool uh, little-known facts, supposedly, but I'm sure some of you diehards out there are probably familiar with it, probably know it. If you've been there en- enough times, you probably know more than the people that write this stuff. I was there a couple years ago, had a good time. I think it was fall of 2019, maybe around November of 2019, the last time I was there. Um, so we're going to talk about Disneyland, the reopening of Disneyland. We're also going to talk about Star Wars, May the 4th, as of our conversation right now, Star Wars Day, and there is a correlation. So may the 4th be with you. Is the force with you? They've got a new show. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We're not going to go too much down the Star Wars rabbit hole, but there's a few things that are going to cross paths with everything that we talk about. Uh, first off, there's a couple things I want to start off with. First of all, last week we had the uh, Footprint Awards, which was our version of the Oscars. And the reason why we did that was to have some fun, A, but B, also to kind of talk about um, some of the movies in the past, because I think the standards have dropped over the years and nobody was really watching the Oscars. Nobody watches the Grammys anymore. It seems like the award shows kind of are diminishing because nobody's interested. It becomes a big political platform for the liberal left. And so we came up with the Footprint Awards. And the movie, all-time best movie, although not my favorite movie, but I said the all-time best movie that was made was The Wizard of Oz. And the reason why I said that was because it was, uh, what, a 1930s? The 1930s? Um, the way the movie was made, when they created the colorization, when you have all the different dynamics, it was a dream episode. You had to actually, there was no CGI, no computer technology, so you actually had to create everything in an analog form, which anybody that works analog knows how difficult that can be. And so there were just a lot of things that went into it. So it was the all-time best movie ever made. Well, over the weekend, I'm scrolling through the TV, and lo and behold, The Wizard of Oz was on all the time. So I think somebody is listening and making TV programming changes according to what Two Steps Said podcast says. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Another thing that I wanted to mention that I forgot to last time was that there is a video out there. I think you can find it on YouTube. But if you take The Wizard of Oz and it's paired up with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album and it overlaps and it plays and it plays out perfectly so as the wizard of oz is unfolding the dark side of the moon is playing and it creates this movie going music experience rumor has it it was done intentional although experts and people in the know band members and such deny it but you never know you never know what these things so if you go to uh youtube dark side of oz i think it's what it's called might be something to check out if you're interested in that type of thing So that was to start the show from last week. Also, I'd like to take a moment to uh, wish my friend Chris a happy birthday. He uh, is no longer with us. 
in high school. He passed away in a car accident our senior year. But uh, all these years, he has uh, been a part of my life and the memories and the things I've talked about on this program as well. And it's his birthday today, so I want to wish him a happy birthday. Also, uh, I have a story I'm going to tell a little bit later, and it encompasses Disney as well, one of the memories of Disneyland that I have. And so it's all going to come together, even though it seems like it's uh, different things, different topics. It's all going to tie together. And then, of course, we're going to try to finish it off with um, passion versus obsession. At what point does passion become obsession? And what point does obsession become dangerous? And so that's what we're going to talk about as well. Also, we'd like to uh, try to get your calls if you're interested. 626-676-8972 is the number. If you want to talk about Star Wars, if you want to talk about Disneyland reopening, are you going? Have you gone? What's it like? I hear it's going to be different. 25% capacity. And supposedly there's only Southern California residents. So it should make for a... I guess there's some other things there, but it should make for a nice experience for those, especially those of you fanatics that have been waiting so long. Now, I know the people in Florida and people have gone to Orlando, to Disney World. They've been open for like 240 days or something like that. So they're probably thinking, what's all the hubbub? I know people from here went there to go get their Disney fix and good for you. And so when you go, whenever it is that you might go, I encourage you to go all out, take that passion, your Disney passion and make it happen. Put the ears on if that's your thing, whatever it is, take the stroll down main street. I know there's probably some things you can and can't do. And there's probably some limitations because of COVID still, but enjoy it. Enjoy the time, get back to the roots, get back to having fun, get back to everything that you did. Don't be afraid to take that passion and really push it to the limit of obsession. Have fun with it. I know there's times when I go to a ball game, I'll wear my Twins jerseys. I'm a big Twins fan, Minnesota Twins baseball. I'll go. I'll go to Anaheim Stadium. I'll go Dodger Stadium, and I'll put on my Twins gear, and I'll be cheering my team along. And so it's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to have fun. You only live once. And uh, we all know that we have to take the most of our opportunities because we don't know when we we might get the next opportunity to go. Think about the last time you went. You were probably thinking it wasn't going to be the last time that you were going to go, especially if you have an annual pass, which I hear is no longer, uh, especially if you went regularly. You were probably thinking, oh, I can't wait to get back here next week or next month, and then all of a sudden it's shut down for over a year. And so that's the things we're going to kind of talk about here tonight. I want to get it started with something. Um, it's the, the genesis of Disney. And Disneyland. So Walt Disney is the creator of Disneyland. Disneyland opened July 17, 1955. And here is, someone asked him a question one time, and here is what he had to say about how the idea of Disneyland kind of came about. Well, it came about when my daughters were very young, and I, Saturday was always uh, Daddy's Day with the two daughters. So we'd start out and try to go someplace with, you know, different things, and I take them to the merry-go-round and I took them different places and as I'd sit there while they uh, they rode the merry-go-round did all these things sit on a bench you know eating peanuts I felt that there should be something built some kind of a amusement enterprise built where that the parents and the children could uh, have fun together and so that was the genesis of Disneyland he was sitting there with his daughters going to the merry-go-round going to Whatever they did, eating popcorn, and then he decided out of this came Disneyland. And so that was Walt Disney talking about the creation of Disneyland. 
So July 17th, 1955, we fast forward to the opening of Disneyland, and this was the opening of Disneyland. All activity on Main Street has ceased. And now, Walt Disney will step forward to read the dedication of Disneyland. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. So that was the beginning of Disneyland. In the beginning of that piece, there was a news reporter that introduced Walt Disney. 1955, did you recognize the voice? Ronald Reagan went on to become an actor, governor, and president. But that was the beginning. And so now many years later, we've gotten to the point, what are we, 46 years? Quick math, something like that. 1955 to 95 is, what, 40 years to 05 is 50. Now we're getting up there. So... Um, anyway, so you can figure out the math. Math's really not my strong point right now because I'm excited about Disneyland. Nobody knows money. Nobody knows time. Nobody knows how to get the most out of things like Walt Disney did. You know, you think about the expense that goes into Disneyland, but what you get for that, I know there's a lot of complaint about the expense, but what do you get for that? You get a magical experience that keeps you coming back for more and more and more. It's pretty amazing. And so when I look at Disneyland, I think of some of the favorite rides that I enjoy. And again, if you want to call in and be a part of the show, you can, 626-676-8972. If you want to share your favorite rides, your favorite memories, your favorite stories, what you're looking forward to going back to Disneyland. But when I go to Disneyland, the first thing I want to do is go on Space Mountain. So back when it was full-time open Disneyland, you'd go get your Fast Pass, and Space Mountain would be the first Fast Pass I'd get. Then... Pirates of the Caribbean was on the list, so you probably go get in line for Pirates of the Caribbean while you're waiting for your fast pass for Space Mountain. And I love Space Mountain because it's fast, but it also has the music blaring. It's dark, so you have that, even though we all kind of know what it's like now, you kind of have that mysterious, where's the track going to go type of thing. It's almost like in the old days when you were close your eyes and you, maybe because you were scared of the ride, but you'd close your eyes and you didn't know which way you were going to turn. And so Space Mountain offered that kind of thrilling ride in the dark. And it was always fun because as you got to the top, as you just start out, you leave the base area and you go up the ramp and you're getting ready to go. And there was always that moon that looked like a, a chocolate chip cookie, at least back in the day. And so then they changed it, I think, to uh, Star Wars for a bit, but now it's back to this really cool, uh, fun ride. But that's all. But uh, you got to have Space Mountain. You got to have Pirates of the Caribbean. I like the Haunted Mansion. And so um, you kind of do that. That what was that? Orland Square, New Orleans Square, right there. I got to eat at the uh, the Bayou Cafe once. That was kind of cool. I always thought it'd be cool, and it was. And so then. In the olden days, you would go and then go to Country Bear Jamboree, right? But that's not there anymore. And then you circle your way back, and eventually you get to um, Space Mountain. And then you go from there. Big Thunder Mountain, Matterhorn, those were a couple rides that you had to hit. Although if I missed out on them, it didn't really matter. 
But those were the rides you had to hit. And if you can hit them multiple times, that was good too. So what were your rides? What were the things that you liked to go on? If you're watching on Facebook Live, punch it up there. Let me know. Um, I know a lot of people are anticipating the, the return. So with that, and then I think we always ate somewhere on Main Street. Was it the Carnation? I think well, maybe Carnation was our ice cream. Oh, no, I know where we ate. We'd always go kind of on, uh, off of Space Mountain, uh, across from it, kind of where the... Um, Remember the America Sings? I don't know what it is now, but there was a, a food place right there. And so we'd eat there, and then we'd go to Carnation and get ice cream. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain was always fun, but it was always one of those rides that was deceptive when you got in line because you would stand there, and you would be at the beginning of the line, and you think it would go quick, but then it went to the belly of the mountain, and then it would wind around, and the next thing you know, it would be like an hour later, and then you're getting on the ride. But uh, when they added Big Thunder Mountain, that was always fun. I was on Tom, uh, Tom Sawyer's Island once, got lost. I think I was in junior high, maybe sixth grade. Now, we didn't get lost from the standpoint that I was frenzied and I'm lost, but I lost my group, and so I kind of went on my own way, and eventually they shut the island down, and so I was walking back with the island being shut down, and hey, lo and behold, they were my people. Um, but it's a fun ride. So with that, here are supposedly, and maybe – you know this already, but 35, I'm not going to read all 35, but here are some little known facts about Disneyland that you may not know. Um, I actually knew this. I heard about it at one point, but there is a basketball court in the Matterhorn. Somewhere in the Matterhorn, there is a uh, basketball court. It's small, but has a hoop and a backboard, some floor markings, but you can play basketball, I guess, if you work there. So that's always exciting. Never went to uh, Fantasmic. Never saw Fantasmic. Never went to the shows. Someone put it on Facebook Live, Fantasmic. Never went to Fantasmic. Never went to uh, Captain EO, although I heard Captain EO was probably fantastic. Never went to those shows. The only one I went to was Country Bear Jamboree and then um, America Sings back in the day. And those were the rides. And, and when Country Bear Jamboree was there, then that's where we used to eat lunch. We'd go see Country Bear Jamboree, and then we eat there because it was kind of in that bayou, kind of in that Tom Sawyer Island, Mississippi uh, area, the river. That was a river, uh, river of Americas. And so we would always have lunch there, and then we had to change and go to the Space Mountain area. Um, and so um, so never got to see Fantasmic or any of those type of things. But uh, So you got the basketball court at Matterhorn. Next time I go, I guess it's being recommended that I go see Fantasmic because it is Fantasmic. Uh, did you know if you go, if you're going, you need to keep an eye out for cats because apparently Disneyland is full of cats. They look like adorable little kitties, but apparently they're there for a mission. It's to keep the mouse population down. So if you see a cat running around, they're well cared for apparently. You got the vet staff and everything, but you'll see cats running around. Uh, they're there for a reason. Uh, some say you might be able to adopt a cat, but I, I don't really know. I haven't really seen too much of that. Um, ladies, back in the old days, 1956, there was the wonderful Wizard of Bras. Used to be able to buy brassiers on Main Street. How's that? It was there for about six months, and then it uh, went away. Every horse on King Arthur's carousel has a unique name. Did you know that? In fact, I think that, um, I think that carousel was in Toronto. I think it's the oldest ride at Disneyland. 
I think it's even older than Disneyland. It was at uh, a place in Toronto, and Walt Disney bought it from the place in Toronto and brought it to Disneyland and made it the centerpiece. Uh, Disneyland is credited with Doritos. Apparently in the 1960s, the Casse de Fritos would take the old stale tortilla chips, they'd spice them up, fry them up, and they'd create what was known as the uh, Dorito. And then Frito-Lay bought it, and the rest is history. So bet you didn't know that. Maybe you did. How about the fact that on Sleeping Beauty's castle, the drawbridge is operational, actually goes up and down. It's only been utilized twice, which I mean, I guess it's been only closed twice. That was at the opening of the park in 1955, and then when they reopened Fantasyland. Let's see. Did you know that all the plants in Tomorrowland are edible? But you shouldn't eat them. But there's lemons, oranges, lettuces, peppers, and a variety of herbs or herbs. The people mover. Now, that's interesting because I was looking some stuff up about the people mover, and there were two people that actually died as a result of the people mover. The people mover, one person, I think it was in 1967 and one in 1970. The one in 1970 was a result of them just being stupid, if I can say that. They were being in a place where they shouldn't have been, and they got stuck, and the people mover hit them. But, uh, but the people mover, that's probably why they took it out. It was a highly dangerous ride, right, because it moved so fast. You had to keep your hands and arms inside the ride at all times. Um, like I mentioned, the... Carousel is, I think they say it's from 1875. I do not remember the big eye. Someone wrote on Facebook Live, the big eye staring at you as you enter the so-called tunnel. I do not remember that. But I do remember somewhere over there, wasn't there phones, like phone booths that you can go in and you could call up and talk to like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or Goofy or those different characters? I think I remember that. I think that's where Buzz Lightyear used to be. I think those phone booths were over kind of where Buzz Lightyear used to be. Um, There's a secret message aired at the New Orleans Square uh, train station. It's Morse code. And it basically says, uh, to all who come to Disneyland, welcome. Here, age relives fond memories of the past, and the youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. And so... um, you go to i never went there i never did the train i was always too busy with the with the fun rides um the american flags on main street are not official flags there's only 45 stars the reason for that is because it's not an official flag therefore it does not have to be flown by official rules meaning it doesn't have to have a spotlight on it doesn't have to be taken down it can just stay up all the time so there's a purpose it's not that they're un-american They just have purposes so they don't have to have the flags flying according to the official American flag standards. You also have uh, other things that we'll get to. Let's see, we got a call. Hello, you're on Two Steps Ahead podcast. Who's this? Hi, my name is Rochelle. Are you a big Disneyland fan, I take it? I am. I am. We're going next week. So we're excited. We missed out for my son's birthday last year. We usually go every year for his birthday. So we're making up for it this year. Oh, so he missed out last year. He did because Uh, of the pandemic. So so what are you looking forward to the most? Getting back on the rides. 
What's your favorite Definitely. ride? Um, oh, Space Mountain's there, but it's got to be Big Thunder. Big Thunder? Big Thunder, yeah. And, of course, there's some great rides over at uh, California Adventure Side as well. Do you have the Park Hopper Pass? We do, but it actually, they kind of changed it up due to the pandemic. Um, with the reopening, it's just going to be open to California residents, which is a good thing. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but you can't, you have to pick and choose which um, park you're going to start at for the day. So when you hop, it has, has to be after 1 p.m. that afternoon to go to the other park. I but, don't know why, but those are the stipulations they but, have. But you can hop on the same day. You don't have to go one day yeah. and then the next day do no. the other. Okay. No, you just have to start at a particular park and be at that park until one o'clock in the afternoon, and then you could hop over to the other park. Hey, so what uh, what park do you like better? Um, I'm old school, you know. I I've, I've been a Disneyland girl since I was little. My dad used to take me, um, so I have to go with Disneyland just because I know it like the back of my right. hand. So I've been to California um, Adventure once. And the coolest ride over there was uh, the Cars Race Ride. and That's That is it. definitely a cool ride. Um, I don't know what, what it is now. They've changed the name a couple of times. It was originally like Soarin' Over California. Hmm. And then they changed it to like Soarin' Around the World. Um, but that's a cool one, too. So what, um, what else do you and like to do? And the Incredicoaster. That's good, too. The which one? The Incredicoaster. That's that California, on California Adventure. Adventure. See, yeah. I went, I went yeah. to uh, I went to that Cars race ride, and then I went to um, the Tower of Terror, which I guess is now Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah, I went on that once with my kid, but he was he was young then, and so yeah, the the up and down jerking was too much for him. But we're gonna definitely hit it up again. Yeah, uh, Tower of Terror was one of the greatest rides ever. Hey, did you know that Tomorrowland? actually depicts 1986 when they created it. It was to depict um, 1986. Maybe that's why I love being in that land. I'm yeah. an 80s girl. So, so there you go. There you go. So you're heading out there. Thanks so much for the podcast. Oh, thank you. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. All your content and everything. Um, huge fan. And you get, the, uh, you get the, the title of being the first ever person to first call in on ever? the show. First ever. You're dubbed the first, first ever. ever caller. On the show. Wow. So maybe it'll be a trendsetter. Okay. We'll get more calls. Yes, definitely. I, you know, there's fans out there, and I know there's listeners out there. Um, and what you're, the content that you're putting out there, you keep it real. Um, it's factual. And there's people that are listening, and I do believe that um, people are just scared to come forward and talk about their feelings and um, things that they go through, things that you bring up, um, and you offer great advice. So keep doing what you're doing, and um, me, as well as the rest of your fans, appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, thanks for calling in. No problem. Call again. Bye. Have a good one. Okay, bye. So that's pretty exciting. Got the first call. And on Facebook Live, you might not have been able to hear it because of the feedback issues, but that was pretty cool. Hey, so uh, again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, today is my friend's birthday, Chris, and he's no longer with us. He passed away in high school, our senior year, so it's been a number of years since he's been with us, but it was our junior year. So he went to a different high school. We met 
on an elementary school playground in first grade. And so we went to separate high schools. And so he went to obviously to another high school. And so it was a junior formal, I think, or school formal. And so his sister, who's a year younger, she was a sophomore then, she invited me to go to the formal. And then Chris invited another gal. And so the four of us went, went to the formal. And afterwards, we got to go to Disneyland. So we're in tuxedos. And we go to Disneyland. And so we do the thing. We do the rides. We do all the attractions. We have so much fun. But this is the thing that I remember most about that night. The funny, it's funny the things that we remember the most, right? I know we went on the rides. I know we had a lot of fun. We did all the, the things that you do at Disneyland. It's in the wee hours of the morning. And again, for some of us that had boundaries in life when we were younger, we'd be at home by a certain time. So this is one of the first times that we're out to like four or 5 a.m. And so we're walking to the car and the car was actually parked where California Adventure is now. If you didn't grow up in Southern California or if you went around pre-California Adventure, that used to be a parking lot. And so we would park way out there and, and we'd have these formal shoes on, like these, these dress shoes, right? And all I remember was thinking to myself, man, my feet hurt. Where's this car? And I look at Chris and he looks at me. And he's like, hey, does your feet hurt? And I'm like, yeah, they do. He goes, mine too. Where's the car? I'm like, I have no idea. And we just have to keep walking, keep walking. So then finally he's like, hey, there's the car. Let's just run, get these shoes off. So we take off, we start running to the car. Now, I don't have no idea where the girls are. Uh, I think we left them back at the gate. I'm not sure, but we went to get the car. And so he's driving, it's his dad's car. And so we eventually get to the car and we're driving around looking for the girls. We finally find them, pick them up and we start heading home. And so we live up in the Los Angeles area. So, you know, it's a good 30 miles. And back then, traffic was no big deal. You could just fly. But again, it was early in the morning. And so he has the radio blasting. We have the windows down. We have the air conditioning crank trying to keep ourselves awake because obviously we didn't think about that aspect of it. And so we're driving back. And I'm sitting in the back seat with his sister. And Chris's date is up there at the front seat with him. And so we're just cruising home, listening to music, talking about all the fun. But the memory of that night, for some reason, is the fact that my feet hurt. I'm thinking about this. And then all of a sudden, he says, hey, do your feet hurt? I'm like, yeah. It's like, this gets these shoes off. And we started bolting to the car. Um, but, the, but prior to that, we had um, a night. And I've got pictures. In fact, I might post them on the Two Steps Ahead podcast uh, Instagram page, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast. Um, we're all dressed in formals. We're doing toasts and taking pictures and stuff, you know, the pre-house picture event. Um, but that was a fun night. And that was part of, you know, kind of my memories of growing up was going to Disneyland. We would have jogathons at school. And if you raised a hundred dollars, you got to go to Disneyland for the day. And the jogathon, usually you would, you know, get people to, uh, sponsor you. And I figured out that instead of running laps, instead of getting people to sponsor me for like a nickel a lap, I would just tell them, Hey, I plan on running 20 laps. So if you give me 10 cents lap, that's two bucks. Hey, just make it three bucks and let's call it a day. And then I never had to ran or never had to run. And so while all these people are running around the track on jogathon day, I just sat around and did nothing because all of my donations were just that flat donations. Now, obviously, if you said you're going to run about 20 laps, but you ran 30, then you got the extra money. So however many laps you ran, but again, I would just do the bare minimum, get the hundred bucks so that I can go to Disneyland, and get the day off. Um, so that was always fun. And then of course, obviously the best uh, ride at the time, because it's changed now, but at the time, if you were on a date, you had to go on the Matterhorn because you could snuggle up the way the seating arrangements were. Now you can't do that so much. Uh, someone mentioned um, Rise of the Resistance. So today's May the 4th, May the 4th be with you, Star Wars Day. And Star Wars and Disney now are connected, right? 
And so I guess you've got uh, what Smugglers Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride. I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge or anything on the Star Wars thing. Never made it. Um, now I guess they got the Rise of, Res- Rise of the Resistance, which I guess is, is probably more fun than Smugglers Run, from what I hear. I'm not sure. Um, but maybe one day I'll get to see it. But did you know that when it comes to Star Wars, there's a few things that... Oh, and one last thing. Of course, the best ride at uh, Disneyland. Let me make sure I get the right clip. The best ride at Disneyland by far that I truly enjoy is this one. It's a Small World After All is a ride that serves so many purposes. First off, if you need to get off your feet for 10 minutes, you can go sit there. Second of all, if you hot day out, you can go sit in the cool area of It's a Small World. Plus, you play that song, you listen to that song. How many of you know it in a different language? There's many different languages, maybe at least a minimum, at least nine, I think, uh, languages that it goes through. But you're sitting there singing and... I believe the gold, there's like 22 karat gold in the ride because the purpose of that was that paint oxidizes and maintenance would cost more. So Walt Disney decided to, wherever there's like gold stuff, to actually put 22 karat gold. So that way then you don't have to uh, maintain it. Now don't go stealing it. Not worth it. But small fact in case you didn't know that. Um, and then outside of, I think, the military, you have, uh, I think, Disneyland goes to the most fireworks. And I guess Galaxy's Edge is a great area for the fireworks. When I was there in November of 2019, I'd just gotten off the ride of It's a Small World. And I know a lot of people like to go down Main Street and watch the fireworks shoot off over the castle. Hey, that's great. But I literally got off the ride and the fireworks started. So we just stayed right there and we were covered in soot afterwards. But apparently that's also another great place because I thought it was cool. You could actually hear and feel the boom, like the boom like you vibrate with the boom of the fireworks and so i thought because we had with us an exchange student from norway and it was a once in a lifetime trip to come out here and see disneyland and the rest of southern california so i want to make it the best and so i was kind of disappointed that it's a small world took longer than i thought and i miscalculated but it actually turned out to be a great area because we were like right there under the fireworks and so uh, that was a lot of fun and so then disney took over right disney took over um star wars and um, they have all kinds of stuff like Galaxy's Edge now, and I'm sure that's going to grow. Um, but did you know some Star Wars facts, in case you did not know this? And I know a guy who's really deep into Star Wars, and there's some of these things that he did not know. First of all, Harrison Ford wasn't a choice to act. He did American Graffiti with George Lucas, and so Harrison Ford was brought in to read counter or opposite of other actors that were auditioning but because Harrison Ford did so good George Lucas wanted to uh, make sure that he had a part in one of the uh, movies or in the movie and so this was the part that he got Han Solo I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon 
Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast ship. Fast ship? You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? It's the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. I've outrun Imperial starships. Not the local bulk cruisers, mind you. I'm talking about the big Karelian ships now. She's fast enough for you, old man. So Harrison Ford obviously got the part of Han Solo, and that was the first scene, the first time you see Han Solo. But originally, he wasn't going to be a part of anything. He was just there to read some auditions and eventually got a part because of the, the practice, which goes to show you, which I talk about a lot on this show, is you want to be ready and be prepared so that if an opportunity comes your way, you're ready. And so Harrison Ford was brought in just to read counter other people that were auditioning for parts, but he did it so well that he eventually got a part on solo. And so if he would have just come in and just been like, okay, I'm just here to read some stuff. So I'm just going to go about it, you know, kind of half-ass my way through it and just kind of do go through the motions, so to speak. He never would have gotten Han Solo, but because he went in and he read the opposite parts from what these other characters were auditioning for, these other actors were auditioning for these characters, he was able to read himself into a part. And then from there he became Harrison Ford and, might not have been Harrison Ford if he hadn't done that. So you always want to put your best foot forward. Take your passion. Make it happen. Raise the standard so that when that time comes, you're impressive. Because you never know when someone's going to see. You never know when someone's going to hear. You never know when someone's going to witness something that you do and realize, hey, I want this a part of me, a part of my project, a part of what I do. And the next thing you know, you're walking into a job, walking into a career, walking into a celebrity, walking into being one of the greatest actors probably of all time. Uh, another thing, did you know that the original name for Star Wars wasn't just Star Wars? The original draft was The Adventures of the Star Killer, as taken from the Journal of Willis Saga 1, The Star Wars. Then eventually got shortened to just The Star Wars. Now, when I first read The Adventures of the Star Killer, the first thing I thought about was Kiss for some reason. The Star Child came to mind. I'm thinking, oh, Kiss, a good movie, movie name for the Kiss autobiography or something. I don't know. Um, and then Star Wars went from there. There was a... Kenny Baker was the actor. Three and a half foot tall. English actor. Played R2-D2. I guess there was a time or two when they broke for lunch and they forgot about him and they didn't get him out of the R2-D2, so he kind of was stuck in there. But R2-D2 was a real person operating that, just like Yoda. Yoda was obviously the uh, puppet for a while before CGI. But did you know that in um, The Phantom Menace, so the original Star Wars was the puppet. Yoda was a puppet. When The Phantom Menace came, Yoda looks a lot different but they did not quite have the CGI technology, supposedly, to create Yoda to be CGI. So Yoda and the Phantom Menace is a little different from the original three, which I guess is episodes four, five, and six, and then the next three, two and three, because of technology. I thought that was kind of interesting. When it comes to Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi was originally going to be called Revenge of the Jedi, but because... George Lucas, in the end, thought that maybe Jedi don't take revenge. So they made it Return of the Jedi, which then maybe, maybe led to Revenge of the Sith because Sith would take revenge. Not sure. Um, 
but I thought that was kind of intriguing the way he came around and did that. Um, like I said, the Phantom Menace, they didn't have the technology for CGI, so he was a puppet. Yoda was. But then from there, it took off, and then with CGI, they're able to do a lot more. Um, let's see. What else is something that's fascinating? Oh, did you know? Okay, so Liam Neeson was Kwai uh, John Jin. Can't say his name. Kwai Gon Jin. But they created all this set for an average size actor that they were dealing with. Well, Liam Neeson's 6'4", and so it cost the production company a lot more to accommodate the size of Liam Neeson. So I thought that was interesting. Kira Knightley, she played the, uh, not the body double, but the, I guess it's the body double for Natalie Portman when she's the other Padme. You know, there was the queen Padme, and then there was the fake one in the movies. She was the body double that was the fake queen that kind of duped everybody into thinking she was the real one. So that was her first uh, foray into movie acting. That was her first role. Uh, Attack of the Clones, Master Windu. He's the only Jedi to have a purple saber, purple lightsaber. And then at the end of Attack of the Clones, there's that chaotic battle going on. And so with all these rockets flying around, what they decided to do was make it so that when there was a white smoke trail, that was a Republic rocket. If there was a black smoke trail, that was a separatist rocket. So you can kind of tell the difference of what was going on. And then finally... You had the um, actor for Star Wars that played Emperor Palpatine in Return of the Jedi in 1983. He was 37 years old at the time, and so they'd use makeup and prosthetics and things like that to make him look older. And then as he got older, he just morphed into the role because he was there for a long time. And so now we've got the new Clone Wars, the Bad Batch, released today, which is actually May the 4th. And so there's a new animated series out there that everyone's excited about. I see all over social media which is pretty exciting. Have you seen it? Are you going to watch it? I guess it's on Disney Plus, something like that. So people that are out there that have that can enjoy that. But so we take a look at today, and we take a look at Disneyland reopening, and a lot of people are excited about that. A lot of people are excited about the new Star Wars animated series. And of course, a lot of people there are, you know, fanatics. I mean, that's what a, a fanatic is, is a fan, right? It's a person with an excessive, single-minded zeal towards something. You know, you're a fanatic, for baseball team, you're a fanatic for Disneyland, you're a fanatic for Star Wars. You know, when the movies and the theater would open up, people would dress up in their costumes and go to see the movie dressed as their favorite Star Wars. You know, you go to Disneyland, you see people with the Mickey Mouse ears and, and other dress for Disney walking through the park. And it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, there's a lot of other things. You know, you think about your, your passion for whatever it is that you do. But at what point does that passion which is a strong feeling or an emotion towards something, become an obsession. And that obsession being an idea about a thought, a person, maybe an event that continually preoccupies a person's mind. You're consumed by it. And so as I was thinking about this, what's the difference between obsession and passion? It basically comes down to this. You can control your passion, but your obsession controls you. And I think there's a fine line between passion and obsession because people can be obsessed about their passion to the point that they want to be perfect. But then when it, be, when it consumes you, I think that's where we kind of draw the line. And so I would see people, uh, news reports and social media, people online as they enter Disneyland, they'd be crying because they're, I guess, overwhelmed with emotion. And I get it. I can understand that. 
I don't really understand the crying because baseball is my passion, and we all know there's no crying in baseball. But then you start to think, is it really, is it really that much? I mean, do we go overboard when it comes to it? You know, I've got a lot of, a lot of baseball jerseys, a lot of baseball hats. Maybe people think that's obsession. But I don't think it consumes me. And I think that's the, the fine line. You know, I would do a, a Sunday night series on social media called uh, Sunday Night Brew, where I take a, a beer, craft beer, uh, general beer, whatever. People would send me beer, uh, and I would showcase it, do a little video on it. And people thought, you know, I was an alcoholic drinking all this beer. And it wasn't because it didn't control me. It didn't consume me. I was able to control it. In fact, there'd be a whole week I would go without drinking anything and it would just be for that Sunday night. And so that's the idea. And so as we go forward and we start to reopen and we start to get back out there, we can start enjoying things because I think we have to have a renewed passion for it. We have to have a renewed vigor, a renewed zeal because we don't know the next time it's going to happen. We don't know what the next thing is going to be where we have to then not enjoy whatever it is that we like to enjoy. But we also have to make make sure that we're not obsessed by it, that it doesn't control us. Because think about it. Think about social media. Think about people, celebrities, maybe someone that you like that doesn't like you back. Star Wars, sporting event. We become consumed by these people or these things to the point that it controls us. And then we act irrationally. And we start to act differently. And it starts to become a negative And it starts to oppress us. And so there is a difference between passion and obsession. There is a difference between passion and obsession. When you're passionate, everybody cheers you on. They're stoked for you. Oh, you found your passion? Awesome. Follow your passion. Live with passion. Be passionate. Chase your passions. Everything. Like passion, 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 passion. Passion's good. Like the world's gonna be like, yay, passion. When you're obsessed, they're like, why are you gonna be so crazy? Why can't you be satisfied? Why do you always got to get things so perfect? Why do you spend so much time here? When you're obsessed, people think you're nuts. So it's different. So there is a difference between that passion and that obsession. And it's okay to go after passion with vigor and zeal. But I think we need to make sure that we don't overdo it, that it doesn't consume us. We have to basically, as this next clip says, we have to control our emotions. Emotions to control you. We are emotional, but you want to begin to discipline your emotion. If you don't discipline and contain your emotions, they will use you. And that's the difference right there. Emotion will use you. How many times you get caught up in something, thinking about something, and then your thought, your rational thought becomes irrational. And then you start to create scenarios in your mind about things that are going on that aren't really there. Happens to all of us. Or maybe we start to consume the way we look. I'm working out, but I need to get thinner, 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 thinner. Anorexia, bulimia, steroids. I was watching a documentary on a wrestler, Randy Macho Man Savage, and he was so consumed with the way he looked as he got older because as you get older, your body isn't the same as when you're younger. And so it requires more working out. And so he pumps steroids to try to maintain that look, that physique of his 20 and 30 year old self. And he's now pushing, you know, 50 into his fifties. And so we start to take and make decisions that are irrational, unwise, bad decisions. How many times have we heard about 
a situation where someone is in love with somebody else and it becomes an obsession and they act out accordingly and it ends badly, tragically, because the obsession controlled and the passion went away. And we think passion or we think obsession is passion, but it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous at that point because it's controlling us. And that's something that we lose out on, we lose sight on. How many times you, have you heard the uh, saying, hindsight's twenty twenty? So we do something, we act something, we go through things, and we get through it, and then we realize, oh, man, that was a bad situation. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, if i only known, I could have done something differently. We've all done that. We've all seen it. We all have perfect twenty twenty vision. But yet, while we're going through that, we don't really truly understand, and we don't really grasp, I guess, fully what it is that we're doing. Because we're consumed by it. And it takes us back to, wait a minute, I need to step back. I need to move away. Maybe not physically, but, you know, move out of that situation. And start to realize that, okay, I need to get healthy again. Because we start to enter an unhealthy place. How many of us gained weight through the pandemic? How many of us binged watch a lot of things and maybe created bad habits? How many of us have done these things and we start to think and look down on ourselves? because we didn't maintain that passion. So it goes the other way. And we have to be careful of that too. We have to be careful that we're not so self-critical that we don't understand what's going on. You know, when you have a a breakup, you're going to have the emotions. We have to ride them out. If you lose a job, you're going to have the emotions. If your favorite team loses out on the championship, or maybe the Kentucky Derby just ran and you placed some money down on a horse and it didn't come through, You have the ebb and the emotion, or maybe you did, and you won. Yay. And so you have to go through that. But then the obsession of, okay, I won, and I have a passion for horse racing, so I'm going to bet more, bet more, bet more. And next thing you know, it becomes an obsession. It becomes a problem. And so we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of these things that step up in life that will kind of nip at us, and then we realize, wait a minute, I'm missing out on something. I need to respond differently. I need to act a different way. But then on the flip side, too, there has to be a little bit. I mean, you think of someone like Kobe Bryant. We played many clips of him on the show. And other successful people, Mark Cuban. uh, I don't think we played Elon Musk, but you listen to some things from Elon Musk. And these people have an obsession about their passion. But it's a fine line. It's a fine line because their obsession over their greatness, over their taking their passion, making it happen, over their success-driven mindset, over their success-driven lifestyle, things like that, they want it to be just so. An artist wants it to be just so. If you look at any actor, a good one, like a Kevin Costner or Clint Eastwood, they want scenes to be shot a certain way. I mean, George Lucas, think about it. Think about all the things that went into making Star Wars or Walt Disney, all the things. When you enter Walt Disney and Disneyland, the first thing that greets you there, the train station, Mickey Mouse, flowers, it's inviting. Then you've got the smells as you're going through the bridge, depending on which side of the flowers you go on the train station you go on you're met with the smells and the sounds and the sights of main street and that's drawing you in and you're absorbing it and you're starting to feel good it's all designed with a purpose that didn't happen just because he had a passion it happened because he was probably obsessed with his passion but to the point where he wanted to create something that would last forever disneyland each thing that's done at disneyland is done with a purpose 
There's even so much that there's this thing called an envelope of space or envelope of safety, whatever they call it, where if you throw your hands up, because I often want to do that. I want to put my hands up on Space Mountain, but I thought, oh, I'm going to get my hands clipped off. But no, they've designed each ride. So if you accidentally throw your hands up in excitement on a ride, you're not going to get your hands clipped off. There's that safety there. There was a point where that every hot dog stand, 25 steps from a hot dog stand was a trash can. The reason for that was because supposedly within 25 steps, people can down a hot dog. Now you've got trash. Got to throw it away. I think nowadays, every night, people are going through whitewashing all the white paint through Disneyland, picking up the trash. You never see gum on the ground. There's a reason for that. It's because he's taken his passion. George Lucas took his passion. Now Disney and Lucas coming together. Some might argue the passion is kind of foggy now. We've gotten off script. But again, people are trying to put something out there, a legacy. And that's what we can do. We can take that with our passion. You know, having that zeal to go after something, the drive to go after something, to chase it, to overcome those obstacles. You know, think about the excitement when you walk through the castle. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts too. I guess I left out the fact that, you know, Mr. Toad's wild ride. I love that ride for some reason. I don't know why, but I love that ride. And then all the castle rides, Peter Pan. And then you go over to what? Pinocchio and Snow White. And then you've got the carousel right there. And then you got off to Big Thunder Mountain or maybe you go over to, you know, it's a small world. But there's a reason everything is set up. It's purposeful. So that way we can get the most enjoyment out of the park. When you watch the movies, you've got all these characters. And then when the newer movies came out, they would bring back some of the original things and put them in there, the classics, to keep us invested in it. And so that's what we have to do. So as we start to enjoy life again, we need to first off be able to have the, the vigor, the zeal, to reinvent our passion or to re-engage our passion because maybe we weren't able to do that in the lockdowns. And then once we do that, go after it with obsession to the point that it doesn't control us. But wear your ears. Wear your jerseys to the game. Dress up in your costumes. Do whatever it is that you enjoy because that's the part of life I think that we need to do more of because we don't know. We learned this past year. We don't know when the next time we can enjoy that is. And I think that's okay for us to do that, to go after it, to enjoy that. Have fun. Have fun with life. I mean, I think about the music, you know, the, the soundtracks, and one of the all-time greatest soundtracks that you could, or theme songs, I guess you could say, would be this one. I mean, think about it. When I, when I hear that, I think about the jet or maybe the Millennium Falcon maybe or maybe one of the fighter jets, you know, coming out of hyperspace or something victorious. You know, you start to think of things. You know, Chewbacca yelling whatever Chewbacca yells. And you start to feel good about it because it's Star Wars. Or you're sitting there, the lights go dark, and that theme song comes on. And you're like, yeah, it's Star Wars. And then the script scrolls away from us in a galaxy, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's the passion. 
that we enjoy. We look forward to that. We wait in line. You know, the other thing, too, about Star Wars that was, I guess, voted one of the biggest plot twisters in all of Hollywood history of all the movies, this right here was considered one of the biggest plot twists in the history of Hollywood. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. That right there, the biggest plot twist, supposedly, in the history of Hollywood, or at least one of them, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker's father. And so that's the type of things. You, you spend time putting in the effort to make something. You put the time into your passion to make it worth something so that others can enjoy. We've talked about it. Taking our passion and putting it into practice so that we can, A, raise the standard, hopefully to inspire other people so that they raise their standard, they inspire other people, and the next thing you know, we've got a lot of people chasing their passion, doing their passion, and inspiring other people through their passion, whatever it is they're doing. And think of all the things that have come out of Star Wars or a lot of things that have come out of Disney, that Walt Disney did, and people he inspired, George Lucas. You think about the standard that they raised and how they inspired people to do other things. And so you've got that. And then you start to think about, how can I do that? How can I bring out that inner greatness so that I can also be a part of this? What's gonna my legacy going to be? I'm going to have that passion. I'm going to be obsessed with that passion, but I'm not going to cross over and let it control me. I'm going to control it. It's going to be positive, not a negative. And so as you start to go back out there and do things, those are just some of the thoughts that I had because, you know, when you go to Disneyland, the first thing I'm thinking about is Space Mountain. It pirates of the Caribbean. It's a small world. I'm going to sing along. I'm going to sing along with Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, a pirate's life for me. Love that. Singing along, having a good time. Don't care what other people think because I enjoy that. I'm going to go over there and eat, get my carnation ice cream. I'm going to go and people watch. I love people watching. You know, take my time, just enjoy it. You know, maybe I'll go on, uh, on Buzz Lightyear and try to shoot those things. Still don't really get that right. Maybe pick up a Dole Whip. You know, whatever it is, just enjoy it because we don't know the next time we will be able to and we don't want those opportunities to go away. We don't want those opportunities to go away with regret thinking that, you know what, I should have taken advantage of it more. I think about my friend Chris, you know, he was taken away from us back in high school. Today's his birthday. I think about all the memories we have, including that one from Disney. You know, we had a fun time. We had a good time. But I think of all the other memories that we have. And I think just even sitting on the couch. And one of the things, and this is, this is an example real quick. Chris was a funny guy. And I think back at all the things that he did and said, and I mean, he was hilarious. But there was a time when I thought, okay, I'm just laughing all the time, so I must be ridiculously stupid or something to think that he must think that you know i don't know what so i need to make sure that i try to you know try not laugh so much because you know, i'm in high school and you know we gotta be cool right but then after the fact i start thinking about it i'm like hey you know forget that i'm just gonna enjoy him and enjoy the the comedy enjoy the laughs have the fun because that made me feel good and i'm so glad that i had that thought back then as a youth because eventually when he left us those are the memories and i would have regretted not being able to laugh with him and laugh about the stuff that he said and the things that he did and the interaction with his dad, hilarious stuff, probably stories for another time, but 
hilarious interactions. And when we were all in his room the day he died, we're all sitting there, everybody's sad. And then all of a sudden, people started to think about the, the funny things he would say. And the next thing you know, we've got a room full of kids laughing at the passing of our friend. But we're laughing because of the things that he said. Because he enjoyed life. He took his passion for as long as he could. He put it into music. He put it into his schoolwork. He put it into his baseball. He put it into everything. He put it into his friendships with others. Because not only me, but he impacted so many other people. And I think that's the important thing. When you think back, how are you going to impact people? I hope I can impact people the way Chris impacted me. The way he impacted other people that I see. The way he impacted them. And so... As we get back out there, enjoy it. Enjoy life. Have fun with it. Take your passion. Make it happen. And let yourself be great. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in. Or maybe we should change the slogan. Highlighting our passion so we can make it happen. Highlighting our greatness within us. Bringing it out and raising the standard. Hey, you can check us out, like I said, on Instagram. There's two places. There's the show page two uh two steps head podcast t-w-o two steps head podcast there's my personal page edem rocks e-i-d-e-m-r-o-c-k-s there's a link in each bio it's pretty much the same but if you click the link things will pop up like our youtube channel so you can click that link and take us and take you to the youtube channel to the soundcloud channel i recommend subscribing to youtube and soundcloud then you never miss an episode there's also different links for on-demand like Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts. We're on every platform that you can think of where you listen to podcasts. There's a swag shop, merchandise store, if you want to get some cool merchandise. There's T-shirts, hoodies, all different kinds of things, drinkware, backpacks, computer bags, um, all kinds of cool stuff, some dog stuff as well. If you want to make your dog cooler than what he is, get him some two steps ahead swag. So all kinds of cool things at the link in the bio. And then also RadioWarp.com, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. We're live there Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Pacific time. You can check us out live. We also do Facebook Live for those of you that can find me on there. Um, you can also um, hear us on Mondays and Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. Those are reruns from my Tuesday night show for the next week. Um, but RadioWarp.com is a great place to listen to some great music, some other podcasts, and uh, just some great entertainment. And then also a YouTube, SoundCloud, and On Demand, wherever you listen to. And if all that is over your head, like what is he saying? That's too much information. Just Google search TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and we pop up. Again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to.